Welcome to Make Money Count, the podcast by Connect Home Financing. Be sure to visit makemoneycount.com to find all of our old episodes. Be sure to rate, comment, and review on all of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to send us a question, please send us a question to hello at connect.ca. That's connect with an A. If you're not already a subscriber, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thank you once again for listening to Make Money Count. And now your hosts, Marcus Averis and Justin Turner. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Make Money Count. I am currently not here with my trusted partner, Marcus. Marcus is actually in Greece, and he is here. <laughs> Welcome, What's Marcus. Up, How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. good. Just uh, missing you. Missing you. But that's okay. I can see you in front of me on my screen. I miss you too, man. Yeah. It happens. So, Maybe I we guess... should do a Greek edition of the show. A Greek edition? Yeah, I mean, like, I do considering like we uh, are facing like a big recession in Canada and the United States, and like, you know, inflation's coming in with a vengeance, and we don't know what to do with interest rates. I mean, the Greeks have already been through a lot of this. Yeah, maybe the Greeks not the definitely. Maybe not the inflation stuff. Yeah, the Greeks definitely have been around the block when it comes to uh, economic crises. Yeah. That's for sure. The first page, the first thing that I read on the news today was that inflation is up to 7.7%. In the grand scheme of things, to the average person that is listening, how bad is that? I mean, listen, it's, it is very bad. It is going to mean another, like the Bank of Canada is going to, July 13th, Matt, you want to check that while we're talking? July 13th, I think the Bank of Canada meets um, and will increase interest rates. I think we're going to see 75 basis points as a rate increase. Um, JT, drum roll, that brings the prime rate up to? Uh, 3.4.45, no? Yeah, no. It's 3.7 right now. Yeah. 3.45. 4.45. Yeah, four point almost four and a half percent for the prime rate. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's like it will give them the fuel to increase interest rates. Listen, that inflation number is a, a lot of that inflation number is gas, Um it's you know like gas prices have increased. I was reading somewhere like fifty percent year over year. That's crazy. Um, if if. What's happening in Europe is any indication of what's happening. I filled up here um, and it is almost three euros a liter. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a buck 35 Canadian for a euro. That's crazy. That was actually going to be my next question was like this inflation number. Is this like an all around thing or is there one part of the economy that's boosting that inflation number? And I think you already answered that. Listen, it's it's definitely energy prices. I think what we've seen a lot of is like the government, namely Joe Biden, has in in two different speeches. One speech he said that they that shipping and transportation costs were high and that they were clearly taking profit. Um, and you could tell that we've spoken about that in the past on our shows um, that shipping companies were clearly taking profit and increasing the the price of freight of containers that were going. Uh, that were traveling around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're saying that oil refineries have uh, drastically increased their profit margins. So I think kind of like we've said this before, under the guise of inflation, many people are taking profits. Right. Um, it's kind of an easy time to just say, well, I mean, inflation's here, so we've had to increase the cost of a widget. Um, right. Because our input costs have increased, even though uh, uh, some some input costs, these input costs wouldn't have increased or 
their their bottom line hasn't been affected. They're still, you know, using that um, a, as a reason. Right. Listen, it, it doesn't matter. Prices are going up. Consumers are feeling the pressure. Uh, as much as we want to say that increasing interest rates are like, listen, there's no doubt about it. It's basically, and we've said this before too. It's the it's the fear of inflation versus the fear of a recession. Right. And the fear of inflation is far scarier. It's far worse for central banks and governments. Like inflation, if it, if inflation goes out of control, it's. It, number one, it can become systemic. So it can become ingrained in an economy, very difficult to bring out. Um, kind of year over year numbers continue to spiral out of control. Confidence in the monetary supply drops. Like it's social instability. Whereas a recession, we've been through recessions before. Probably the government doesn't get elected again, which might not be such a bad thing depending on your opinions of the current government. Listen, we printed a whole bunch of money. The world printed a whole bunch of money. We flooded the world with all this money. Right. There's repercussions. Yeah. Now so we're going to have interest rates increase. So you're saying that that if we had to choose one, like if there was two wires to snip, recession is going to be better for our economy at the end of the day. And sooner yes. than later, I'm assuming. Sooner than later. Yes. Inflation is very scary um, and does a lot of damage and and would result and and especially if it's not handled properly like i mean there's all kinds of different schools of thought on this but like if inflation is not handled properly it 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 kind of grows within the economy and and then you need to be more drastic and then it's all but guaranteed that you're going to send your economy into a recession although i don't see how we're not going into a recession with what's going on right now um, we keep playing with the idea that that we might not be heading into a recession, right. right? Like, I don't know if you've seen these articles. Anytime there's an article talking about interest rates, they're talking about probability of us going into a recession. Right. And it's gone from, like, it's a minimal chance of us going into a recession to, oh, maybe there's a 50-50 chance or maybe there's a really good chance. I don't see how an, a, a recession gets avoided with the type of rapid increases in interest rates that we're seeing. I think that the best probable outcome here is we hammer the economy with these interest rate increases. We blow out the inflation, right? We get rid of, I mean, the only way the inflation is going to go away is if we rock consumer confidence and people stop spending money on gas and you know, like the economy changes. That's a right. recession. And then what's going to happen? Central banks are going to be back in the news again, talking about dropping interest rates. Right. And, and the, it's interesting because the second right under the first headline I saw about inflation, the second headline was that um, I think it was something like it was, it was like basically half of Ontarians will never be able to afford uh, or can't afford the house that they really want, right? Um, and I think that a lot of people see... What kind of a, a, kind of a shit line is that? I can't afford the house I want. <laughs> Very true. I can't either. 100% of people can't afford what they want. <laughs> I can't afford that your house, so that says something. 99.9% of people want more shit than what they can afford. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. I believe it. I think, uh, um, I think it kind of, if you ask somebody if they want to raise, somebody will always say yes, right? People always want more money. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but what I was kind of like... Well, I mean, I, where, like, do you have any more statistics that you could pull out of this article that you read? <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time Get I read the it. Toronto Sun. Hundred percent of people are incorrect when they don't have the facts properly correct. Seventy-five percent of podcasts end up with Justin getting roasted to some degree. I think that might be a little low. 
<laughs> 62 of all statistics are made up on the spot anyways. Uh, you also can't buy bacon at the cow store. Oh, yeah. For, for anyone that was listening to our last podcast. Yes, exactly. Listen, the good news is we're going to fight we're going to fight inflation. The bad news is we're going into a recession. And my, my end question to that was though, do you think the recession is going to make uh first-time home buyers like is there going is that going to create an opportunity for first-time home buyers? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, people are going to be able to re-enter this market. Prices right. got stupid. Like, they, listen, I'm not happy about it because I have real estate, right? Mm, Anybody yeah. that has assets, like the, the prices of those assets, will fall as interest rates rise. Mm-hmm. But it will uh, will afford an opportunity for people to re-enter the market at a at a kind of at a more normalized price based on what's happened with interest rates. Right. So, I mean, like the bias of this podcast, like the information that people want to know when when we're addressing issues like inflation and interest rates increasing, generally are focused around their mortgage. So, you know, we've spoken about this throughout the week this week, Justin, mm-hmm. people calling into the office and wondering how they address trying to access equity in their home. And it's... It's not as easy as it once was. Like, I mean, we've been doing this for a while now. And for the most part, as we, you know, at least for the last five or six years, whenever anybody, you know, needs to access equity in their home, it, it almost always makes sense for them to break their mortgage and move to a lower interest rate, access the equity, the property values increased, their payments are going down. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's not that it's not a good story. It's just a little bit more of a complicated story because you've got somebody who's fighting increasing interest rates. They might already have a, you know, 1.5% five-year fixed rate. And now they're looking at breaking it and going into a new five-year fixed rate at four and a quarter. Well, it's hard to move from one and a half to four and a quarter to access a hundred grand. And in fact, probably doesn't make sense. Right because of how much you're increasing your cost of capital. Um, so now it's time to start considering if they can, if we can get them a home equity line of credit from a bank, if they have the income and the credit, uh, or if you know they need a second mortgage or a, a home equity loan in second position that behaves like a line of credit. Whatever the product is, you gotta be a little more careful about, about figuring out how you're gonna access your equity now. And the other thing is, you're running against the clock. Mm-hmm. Because as interest rates continue to increase, property values will continue to drop. Yeah. Don't think that a 75 basis point increase, these types. So I think that the reason why we're seeing property values get smacked right now uh, and more outside of the GTA than inside of the GTA for sure um, is because of the uncertainty. Right. Right. Like that inflation number today, 7.7%. That does two things. It says inflation's out of control, but it also tells anyone who's looking at making any major financial decision what what the hell is going to happen. Right. right? We know that inflation's a problem, and we know that inflation has to get tackled. So now, what tools are they going to use to tackle inflation, and how is that going to affect the economy? Seventy-five basis point increase in the overnight rate, meaning a 75 basis point increase in the prime rate without any certainty as to how many more increases we're going to see means a recession. Right. It means I'm going to sit on my hands right now. I'm not going to buy a house right now. Right. And we see like human psychology is such that if property values drop, they're going to drop for a little while. They're not just going to drop and then immediately rebound because it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You, 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 you say you're going to increase interest rates. You start increasing interest rates. You say you're going to do whatever it takes to bring inflation down. People get scared. Mm-hmm. How much more can we handle? So, I mean, initially when this all started, I didn't think we were going to see more than two percentage points. 450 basis point increases. Um, now, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that 
the early readings for inflation for the next couple months start coming in lower. I hope that this kind of um, effect that it's having on the real estate market, I mean, the stock market in the States is like so, so volatile. Like, right. you know, like you're seeing like two, 3% swings um, on a daily basis. Um, so I hope that, I hope that the central banks realize um, that the dramatic impact that they're having on asset prices. But I think that we probably still have a few more rate hikes uh, to go. Right. What do you think, Justin? I mean, I, 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 I hope that, it, that it's not, you know, that there's not that many rate hikes, but, but I'm starting to, uh, you know, be on the side of, err on the side of caution when I, when I kind of, you know, give advice to this, you know, topic, right? So I, I was in the same boat as you, right? Probably, you know, because, you know, we're kind of, uh, you know, get the same information. We're around each other all the time that I didn't think that it was going to go up that much, right? Um, but with the feds raising it, the, their rates by, by 75 basis points. I mean, is it always the fact that, like, like, has there ever been a situation where the feds did something that the Canadian government didn't? For sure. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we work in lockstep with, you know, the American economy, right? So if something's happening in the U S economy, it's very unlikely. It's not, it's not, you know, that, you know, it's not going to happen here. Right. But, um, we do not, like, it is not a guarantee that if the States increases, we increase. No. Right. Right. I guess we'll just have to see. After we had our children, we didn't think it would be possible to have one of us stay at home with our kids, to be there for things like school pickup, drop off, and extracurricular activities. But with the help of Connect, we were able to manage it. We used our home to borrow money and invest it with Connect. The difference was enough for me to be at home with my family. I thought it was scary and complicated at first, but the staff at Connect made it quite simple. For the past six years, we have been there for all our family's important moments. Hey guys, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that testimonial. And you know what's interesting about that testimonial? Um, I'm not sure if they mentioned it in that one, but but with all this talks, this talk of volatility, um, the one thing that stays true and that has stayed true, uh, this is a cheesy input, but is the returns from our MIC, right? They've increased. They've increased. Not gone down. The MIC is a great tool for both the investors that we have and the borrowers that benefit from it, right? Right. We find borrowers that we can help by providing them with an amount of capital. We have investors that trust us with their savings. We use those savings to earn a good rate of return commensurate with the amount of risk that we're taking for lending the money out. And that risk is just our ability to refinance those people into lower cost rates. Right. And And it works. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, it worked. The only stressful thing right now is these poor people, when they took those, you know, like a borrower takes a second because they want to improve their financial position. You kind of expect that interest rates are going to be relatively close to where they were when you took that second. But, you know, five year fixed rates have gone from one and a half to four and a half. So right. it's a it's a big jump. And what do you th- what do you say to people who are coming up for renewal right now? You don't, you can't lock in right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You cannot lock in. You take a variable rate right now. Yeah. I was looking at a chart yesterday, actually, um, that basically showed the comparison between the fixed rates and variable rates over, like, since the 1980s. And, and I didn't see one instance where you would have been in a better position to take a variable over a fixed. Maybe not in the 80s, but just after that. I mean, 
the argument is is that the eighties was a period where they had to combat inflation. Right. 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 Um. Listen, we got to get inflation under control, and we've underestimated how out of control it is. Right. right? Like we. I mean, not just you and I. I'm saying like central banks, economists at all the major banks, like, and it is, I mean, there's something very dramatic about what we're seeing right now with interest rates, right? Like, this is going to take a real bite out of people's wallets from everything from personal loans to car loans to mortgages, you know, interest rates are going up and they're not done going up yet. I was watching a uh, uh, so I looked at some charts going back from inflation from the in the U.S. for from the '60s to today, and it always goes inflation goes up, interest rates go up, and then a year or a year and a half later, uh, unemployment peaks. Now that's stagflation, right? Once, once, once. Like the, the other problem is we're going to go into this period where we have inflation and we growth bottoms out un, very unhealthy for our economy but best then, in the then, long then run. unemployment unemployment starts creeping in exactly all right we're gonna go to an email give me one moment here uh hey justin and marcus i was hoping you guys could help me out with my current situation i'm in need of a renovation but work has been pretty unstable so i don't have much money in savings right now to fund my renovation I've heard lots of talks about interest rates being super high right now and the value of homes declining. I want to take advantage of the equity I have in my home before values drop too much, but I don't want to be stuck with crazy high interest rates and a payment I can't afford. I have a low first mortgage, so I know there has to be an options for me. Uh, what do you think I should do? Did we get the rate on that? We didn't. Um, if you're emailing us in the future and you want some advice, make sure to put those things some, in the email. Yeah. If they can qualify, you get them a home equity line of credit. It's all math, which is the beautiful thing about what we do, right? Like you don't have to sell anything here. If you're sitting at home right now and you are wondering how you should best access the equity in your home, it is a simple equation. You have a first mortgage. That first mortgage is at an interest rate. For argument's sake, let's say it's 2%, okay? You want to get an additional sum of money. For argument's sake, let's say it's another 200,000 bucks. Let's assume that your house is worth more than enough, a million bucks. You can get all the equity you want out of it. The first and best thing to look at is what's the price of the new money I'm going to get, right? We know we can get a home equity line of credit for prime, maybe prime plus a half, right? Right. So what is that? Four twenty. Yep. And plus a half, four point two percent. Two percent, yeah. The first mortgage is two percent. The weighted average cost of capital. So the total cost of that four hundred thousand, the two hundred that they've gotten first, and the two hundred that they're going to get is going to be roughly three point one percent. Okay. If the five-year fixed rate is higher than three point one percent or a variable rate mortgage, when you compare it and you would have to kind of model out, we would help you with this, model out kind of the predicting or the probabilities of future interest rate hikes. Although, cause you're only gonna be exposed to it on half of the money that you're borrowing now if you get it on a line of credit. Yeah. Depending on the amount of time that you're gonna have that money for, it's a simple equation that'll tell you whether it makes sense to access it using a new mortgage paying out the existing first and going to a higher interest rate or the line of credit. If you don't qualify for the line of credit, then it's time to start looking at what the anticipated return of whatever you're going to invest in is, right? So if you're going to take $200,000 on a second mortgage, let's say in this situation where you got a $200,000 first, a million dollars, a million dollars in value, the 200 grand is going to be cheap in a second, right? Mm -hmm. Cheap. I mean, 6%, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, not that much higher than 
the home equity line of credit now at a bank. Especially after pricing um, up the 75 basis point increase. Yeah, yeah. But you got to anticipate if you're going to do that, you got to make sure that you know you're going to make more than 6% on whatever the heck you're going to invest in, whatever right. you're going to do with that. Right. Um, I mean, so, I mean, listen, that's the way you play this, right? So if you're there sitting at home right now, call us up. We, we will model this for you, right? We right. will give you three scenarios, maybe more in your case. I don't know, but we'll give you those op- options and you'll be able to see, okay, this is the cost of the money that I'm trying to borrow, right? right? If it's a home equity line of credit, which is obviously the first thing we're going to shoot for for you, it doesn't cost anything for us to get you one, the legal fees on it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get it approved for as much as we possibly can. And that's almost like a bit of an insurance policy for you. Mm-hmm. Get it, get approved for it, have it in your back pocket for when you think you will need it. Yeah, 100%. And <clears throat> that actually brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you. Do you think that, because I'm already, we're already seeing things in the mortgage world where uh, lenders are starting to roll out like longer amortizations to combat these payments going up, right? Because of higher rates. Do you think that that there's going to be any negatives coming soon from the banks, like cutting back to seventy five percent, seventy percent of home values that you can access? Like, like in the past when stuff like this has happened, have you seen anything like that? Uh, so that's a great that's a good good question. So what you could what you will see in some cases, is those lines of credit that we're talking about, the banks may cut them back. Right. But a lot of the tools that the banks have, so what you're talking about now is increasing amortization periods to reduce monthly payments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so typically, those types of measures are reserved for when a market's overheating. Right. Like I remember when I first started as a mortgage broker, you could do a 107% refinance. That would be the heyday. Yeah, it was the heyday. Um, now, and then they kind of scaled it back. It was like, a, I think it was like a, maybe it was 100 and, 102. Because I think it was a 95% refi with a 7% cash back. That's crazy. But what were interest rates at that point? Just out of curiosity before you go on. Like what they are now, four and a half on a five-year fixed. Right. And the market was hot, 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 hot. If I, instead of becoming a mortgage broker, just, I mean, I don't know what money I would have bought anything with back then, but just figure out a way to buy real estate back then and hold on to it. I mean, it would have made a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But... Um, to your point, typically those types of kind of like wholesale, like oligopolistic actions where all of the banks go to the market and say, you know, they kind of do it under the guise of the government imposing it, right? They go to the government and they say, hey guys, this is what you should do. And then the government says, okay, from now on, it's all 80% refis or no more cashbacks or amortizations have to get cut back because we used to have 35 year ends, 35 and 40 years. Anything CMHC insurance got to be 25. All these things come into the market, but they usually come in when things are overheating. What we see right now when things are cooling is just tightened up underwriting. Right. And you see it already now when we're doing deals, right? Like underwriting times are a little slower. The mortgage financing companies like the Merrick's and the MCAPs and the RMGs and the First Nationals, maybe not First National because of how big they are now, but you can see kind of like they're under a little more funding pressure right now because the pension funds and, and, the, and the, you know, mutual, the, the pension funds, the hedge funds, the, the capital flow that they're using, the insurance companies are a little more nervous. Right. Right. Uh, and that slows things down. That's why in the past, the opposite kind of happens, right? Like when, when the mortgage market tightens, like it, it, we're not really seeing it to the greatest extent yet. When the mortgage market tightens, it's typically because banks and insurance companies and mutual funds and pension funds are kind of like a little more nervous. Right. And those nerves affect how they perceive risk. Right. It kind of goes and comes. Um, 
So underwriting is going to get a little tighter. Underwriting is already getting a little tighter. Mm -hmm. For a well-managed mortgage fund like ours, like Connect, there is not a better time to be in the market. Right? Like, look at our fund, right? We've spent 10 years keeping it at 50% loan to value because of this. This is what we've been we were worried about. For. Yeah. Because we've been worried about this. Right? Yeah. Now we have a huge influx of capital coming into our mortgage fund at the exact right time. Thank you very much to our banking partner that is supporting us with this. Can't wait to announce this one. But we're going to be left with more capital and the ability to help more Canadians as they go through this period and we go through it with them and we right. exit them as we always will and always do into a better financial position. So there's going to be options, right? There's, listen, if you have not, if you've not been borrowing for the wrong reasons, like you can't just borrow and consume, right? You're going to borrow to create, borrow to invest. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. No, we're going to see we're going to see interest rates go up, but then we're going to see them come back down again. Asset prices will go back up. That's a good way to put That's it. That's why they don't call it an economic straight line. They call it an economic cycle. Right, 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 right. You were talking about our Mick and I I kind of uh kind of picture like a doomsday prepper kind of situation. You know, like we we were always waiting for this. And now that it's happening, you know, we will reign supreme. Is that a good thing to say? I mean, listen, our investors are be safe. That's for sure. Yeah, we're responsible for keeping investor capital safe. Right. Right. That's such a and more elegant way. That's such a more elegant way to put it than I did. Interesting. Listen, I wish, I wish, you know, that there were, there was kind of more opportunity to capitalize on these things. But, you know, like I'm, we're not, I'm not like a guy who can go short the market and like, that's not yeah. really our thing. Right. Mm -hmm. All we can do is choose when to be conservative. Right. And just cause everybody else is lending to 90% loan to value doesn't mean we're going to. Which, by the way, all those guys lending to 90% loan to value are trying to pull out of the market right now. Yeah, they can't lend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like, you will see. And there's another problem for the, for the consumer, right? Like, they're going to have less choice now when it's time to borrow if they need to borrow in second position. So there's another thing I would suggest. If you know you need a second mortgage, if you have a second mortgage right now with I mean, I don't know if we should necessarily name all of the second mortgage companies that are in trouble, but there's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. You should be considering where you're going to refinance that mortgage because it might not be renewed. Right. Right. Like they may come back and be like, we can't offer you a renewal. I just saw this the other day. I had a client who came to me and said um, this person had refinanced uh, to 80%. Her, their property value has been affected a little bit. And uh, her existing lender, who is a private lender, just won't renew her. They sent her a notice and, yeah. and they came to us and, and said, well, what do I do here? And we're kind of navigating that situation for them. So, so, I mean, it's you know what they need to do, right? Like you need to find a way where they can either leverage some additional capital from somewhere else mm -hmm. or bring in another property that you can tag. Right. No, of course. Right. There's just simply not enough equity. Like imprudent lending practices are all going to be exposed now. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. But yeah, that's a good point, right? So if you've got a second mortgage right now, it, it's not just like the banks. Whoever you have a second with or a first with, they don't have to just automatically renew you every single time you come up for renewal. Right, right, which could be a big problem for a lot of people. Or will be, yeah, hundred percent. On that note, yeah. let's let's cut to another testimonial. We back be back with a few more emails, so we'll see you soon. I borrowed money from Connect. 
I was in the middle of a divorce. My credit was shot. My business was not doing well. I was in a hole. I needed help. Connect lent me the money when my bank wouldn't. Since then, I've gotten back on my feet, I've improved my credit, and my business is doing great. I decided to invest in Connect so I could invest in people who are in the situation I used to be in. Hey guys, we're back. And I have one more before the end of the episode. Marcus was making fun of me earlier if you're just tuning in now. But I have one more uh, um, stat that is 100% correct. And that is 100% of people, of our investors who attended our investor barbecue the other week had an amazing time. Is that a stat that you can stand by or what? I can stand by that. Mm, Hang on. Hang on. There were two investors <laughs> that might not even remember it. That doesn't mean they didn't have a good time, though. You know what? That's a good point. They'd be yeah. in the 100% category. Yeah. So that's back to 100%. Yeah. All right. I'm going to check out an email. All right. So you we look got great a- today, by the way. I like, your, I like your shirt. You like that? Freshly pressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look, like you, got, you look like you got some sun. You had like, you know what I mean? You look good. Went for a run this morning. Nice. Good. Yeah. It's fre- and the shirt's fresh off that flimsy little wire hanger you get from the from the from the dry cleaners from our friend Wayne. Shout out Shout to out Wayne. King West. Shout out King West Dry Cleaners. Yeah. All right. I you know it. I don't dry clean anything anymore? You just wash it in the washer? Yeah. I learned how to do like to wash since I've been in Greece. <laughs> so like I don't know why you're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. Okay, <laughs> I don't wash, wash clothes when I'm home. But here, I bought a washing machine. Okay. And then, like, I got this really cool washing machine that I can use from my phone. I've never used it from my phone. I don't know how to use it from my phone, but I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, and it has this cycle, which is like cold water, hand wash, very delicate. Hmm. Can I tell you something? You could put those delicate little lace underwear you wear in there <laughs> and it would be totally unaffected. No, but like everything the that I have, all the... The jewels would stay on them? The sequence? The Swarovski crystal. Yeah, the Swarovski <laughs> crystal would stay on. <laughs> oh no, but I'm serious. Listen, man, I'm telling you. Like you get a good washing machine and you put it on a real nice delicate cycle with like cold water. This thing you can like, how much water do you want to put in there? What temperature of water? I don't put too much um, laundry detergent. I put a little fabric softener. Little trick, little trick here. Because I'm on an island and everything's salty, you put a little vinegar in with the dishwashing detergent or with the um, clothes detergent. To extract the salt water from the clothes. That's like that. That's like like level one hundred clothes cleaning. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm geeking out on doing laundry. I'm never going to a. Uh, I mean, shout out Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne, we love you. That's funny. Um, that's funny. But anyways, I thought you should know that. I thought you should know that, Justin. I, I will. Well, soon when I come there, once I'm invited, you can wash my shirts. And you can show me how it's done. All right. I'm going to get to another email here. I'm just pulling it up. Let's see. So I'm curious to hear your answer here. Um, so, so, so here we go. So, hey, guys, I've been watching your shows recently, and I've been thinking more and more about what to do. You guys mentioned taking equity out of my home before property values take too much of a hit. But my question, though, is, and this kind of ties into what we just talked about, where does this put the big banks? Have there been repercussions for homeowners in the past when this has happened? If you get a mortgage, like a fixed rate, variable rate mortgage, and you get a certain amount of money advanced to you and you have a term of five years, nothing's going to happen. Right. Okay. A line of credit, as we were talking about, like a home equity line of credit, if not utilized... 
for sure I have seen them pull those back. Right. So it's course. like Justin, your line of credit was for four hundred grand. The property value changed. We've readjusted that. Right. You can fight it. You can fight it, but fighting a bank is not, you know, the best. Yeah. But listen, things, depending on how weird things get, meaning like how high interest rates go to combat inflation, how low property values drop, you're going to see uh, lenders behave more and more strangely, right? So we were talking about how some mortgage investment corps and private lenders are pulling out of the market because they over lent. Right. Right. They, they thought you can't just assume property values are going to continue to increase. No, of course not. So um, and similarly speaking, when banks do deals imprudently to and I mean, the refis were up to 80 percent loan to value. You also have to understand that, like everything past 80 percent LTV is insured by the Canadian taxpayer anyways. Right. Right. Based on care. And even the stuff that's over, so like even the stuff that the banks do where they lend 80% or less, Mm -hmm. 75% LTV on a refinance, 80% LTV, if it's like rural or if it's like, you know, kind of one of those cottage properties that doubled in a year because some guy put good windows in it and like an appraiser went in and gave them the value and that's going to come back down. Remember what happened. The last time we went through a period where property values dropped significantly in a very short period of time was that 2008, 2009, where it was just just very quickly. But remember what happened? The Bank of Canada went to the market and said like, okay, um, banks, if you need to shore up your liquidity, you can sell us all of your uninsured mortgages. Sell us. Like we'll... We'll insure all of them. Right. Scotia Bank went and pumped $200 billion worth of uninsured mortgages into that. Right? And right. then they got basically a check for $200 billion from the Canadian taxpayer. Yeah, so that's crazy. There are certain safeguards in the economy built in in a country like Canada that help uh, help us deal with this. The other thing is like a lot of the tools – this is a good one, good kind of segue – a lot of the tools that that consumers and, and you know mortgage brokers and lenders and people complain about in the good times read the stress test mm-hmm. reducing refis from 95% LTV to 80% loan to value like it's easy to in those periods of time to be like hey like let the market be free free market like free mm-hmm. market economy like you know um but there's no doubt that that stress test has helped consumers weather this storm now. Right. Right. Yeah. There has like to be those some five sort of years. Listen, free market economics. I don't know. Like you can go either way with it. Just mm-hmm. you could also argue that with all of the governance, that's how we're in the spot we're in right now. Yeah. 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 Who like would in a free market? Do you? Pause the economy. Stop everybody from working. Okay, everybody go home now. Mm-hmm. Everybody go home. COVID's here. Two years. We're going to pay for everything for everybody. Why do you like? Why do we have inflation right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we doubled the money supply. Right. Why do we have inflation right now? Because we let everybody go home, and we just paid for everything for a little while. So more, we created more consumers. We artificially propped up the economy. Now that's going to work its way through, and the come down from it is not going to be easy. Right. We had a pandemic, which like, okay, can we now like, is it always not going to get mad at us if we say like the whole thing was useless, right? The that's, vaccines that's- don't work. Wearing a mask doesn't work. If you if you're vaccinated, it's probably worse for you than if you weren't vaccinated. Like that, it, it's a joke. Like it was poorly handled, and we we froze our economy and we completely supplemented it with the tax paying future of our economy, with our children and and the future of us paying taxes. Everyone is wrong about different parts of things, and tw- hindsight's twenty twenty. 
Right. And at the time it was big and it was scary and we didn't know how to deal with it. But like, we're still holding on to it a little bit. Yeah. Like we're still holding on to it a little bit. Let's let go of it. Like the, 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 the coolest people are the ones that are like, Hey, guess what? I was wrong. I mean, those are the people I like the best. Matt, you want to be cool right, right? now? How would I be cool? <laughs> uh, hey, how would he be cooler? Uh, that's true. That's true. Listen, I know that's probably not a really popular opinion. I think maybe it's becoming more popular. Um, but like the way and, – and then like I think that like we have to kind of drop this – bullshit notion that the Bank of Canada isn't influenced by the government of Canada or conversely that the Federal Reserve in the United States isn't influenced by whoever the president and the ruling party is. Because even right now, like highlighted by Powell, so the chair of the Federal Reserve, mm -hmm. when Trump was the president of the United States, he told Powell, you're not increasing interest rates, enough of the talk. And Powell listened. Right. And now that's arguably why we're in a little bit of trouble. Right. 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 Because right. Central Bank saw something coming and acted in concert with the government and not in the best interest of the economy. And I'll tell you something else. It, this will start coming out more and more. The reason why the United States economy is on weak footing right now is because very, very smart people have lost confidence in the Federal Reserve. Right. Because of that connection between the Federal Reserve and the government. So when we see Freeland sit down at a Bank of Canada meeting next to the Bank of Canada, the Minister of Finance and the, uh, the chair of the Bank of Canada are sitting down together and they're talking about their joint mandates, that is not a good thing. Right. That is not a good thing. Because the liberal government or whatever government is in charge at that time of our federal government, their number one interest is in maintaining their chair, their seat, their popularity at all costs, right? It's like a company. I remember getting into an argument with like my grade 12 business teacher who was an idiot, an idiot, like he had no business teaching. He was like a gym teacher that taught a business class. <laughs> and he said that the companies that do that make the most money are the companies with a conscious conscience. And I was like, this is the, the worst, the worst statement I could have ever heard because companies are beholden to what? Shareholders. shareholders. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like the companies that have done really well are the companies where like an Amazon where Jeff Bezos was able to like, Convince his shareholders that like, no, we're not going for immediate profitability. I'm going to build something and then it's going to prevent competition. It's going to have massive barriers to entry and then I'm going to juice profit margins. But that wasn't popular the whole way through. He had analysts saying like he's doing it wrong. Okay. Right. A government is not so clever. Right. Also, a government has a set period of time. They've got to enforce a mandate. They got to get something through that people are going to like, and they only have a short period of time to do it so that in four years they can get elected again. Right. Don't let them get involved in the policy of our central bank. Yeah, no, agreed. The government created the inflation. So that is going to be a problem. And I mean, listen, I think that the central bankers are going to be more and more concerned about it. Like, how about this, Justin? We're going to go into a recession. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the inflation will probably still be around. Right. And if we drop interest rates too quickly, then we're going to be in a recession and we're going to, this will be the stagflation that we're talking about. We'll be in a recession and we won't be able to fight inflation. Inflation will go for a little bit of a run on us. And then we'll really be screwed. Right. Because the central banks would have listened to the government. Right. Of course. 
I think like if I was a gambling man, which you are, which occasionally I am, which occasionally I am, I would say we're going to have a new federal government in Canada and they're going to get handed a dumpster fire. Right. They're going to get handed a situation that will be Canadians will be unhappy with. Right. And I think in retrospect, when we look back at it, we're going to say like, geez, maybe we, you know, maybe the start of this was handing out all that money. But make no mistake, like if you rewind our podcasts to like pre-pandemic or my newsletters, I don't even know if we did. We didn't do the podcast pre-pandemic, did we? No, we didn't. Uh, newsletters, newsletters. Well, uh, didn't we do the podcast? During, like just, no, just, I guess we didn't. No, yeah, no. yeah. Midway through. Okay. Pre-pandemic newsletters. I wasn't painting a very rosy picture for the economy then. Like things weren't looking good before we pumped in five hundred billion dollars into the Canadian economy. Right. So we're on a natural correction. We just delayed it a little while, and we made it worse by delaying it. The more right. you delay it, the worse the pain is. You got to take your medicine at some point. Rip the bandaid off. And we talked about this too. You know what? There, there was an op- we had an opportunity. We pumped this economy full of cash. We just put it in the wrong spot. Right. We should have put it in like innovation. We should have put it in like education. We should have put it in things like we could have spent money on healthcare. All this money we pumped into the abyss. We could have built a few new hospitals. Like. ICUs were at what, like, I don't even know the percentages. They're, they're all a joke. But, like, ICUs were at, like, 97% capacity before COVID ever came around. Right. Anyways, this is not mortgage-related. but. And this has been an episode of What Really started. Grinds My Gears with Marcus Severus. Yeah. That was a good rant. I like that. I like listening to that. If, you, if we made a connect political party and you were the leader of the connect political party like i mean that's a lot of stipulations (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's no risk of it happening of you becoming a political leader no no risk of it happening well i think that on that note